99.3 WBT. Kevin McCarthy is the Speaker of the House after this weekend's dramatic 15th ballot uh, election put him there. And uh, I actually have audio, some audio from his speech. Um, and uh, last hour, I played a little bit of Hakeem Jeffries' speech where he's running through the alphabet. And he doesn't even, he didn't even set it up like with any kind of reference to the alphabet. It just sort of dawns on people at some point that he's doing something like A and A. Democrats are about A, not A. We're about B, not B. We're about C, not C. That's just the beginning of the words, right? Well, okay, well, uh, we'll just resume it. Justice over judicial overreach. Yeah. Knowledge over kangaroo courts. Like okay, the kangaroo courts? Well, like, what is that even a reference to? What am I missing here? Kangaroo courts? What is that a reference to? J6 committee, what? Liberty over limitation. Maturity over Mar-a-Lago. Normalcy. See what I mean? Like, this is not a speech that he should be giving from the well as the minority leader handing off the gavel to the new Speaker of the House. It's, it's a, it's a, this is a ceremonial moment. It shouldn't be, it shouldn't be this partisan attack. Of course, the left loved it. The media, but I repeat myself, they loved it. They were all like, oh my gosh, Hakeem Jeffries is so awesome. Did you see that speech? He was so awesome. They loved it. Over negativity, opportunity over obstruction, Mm -hmm. people over politics, quality of life issues over QAnon, reason over racism, substance over slander. See, at this point, he's like, he's like bouncing. Like, he's, he's. Like he's getting into a rhythm. Like he's, I swear, I thought he was about to rap. I thought also that this video was from some other time. I thought this was a speech he gave, you know, long time ago, a couple months ago or something that was somehow or another just making the rounds now. But no, I went and watched the C SPAN and there he was doing this speech about ready to bust a rhyme. Triumph over tyranny, understanding over ugliness, voting rights over voter suppression, working families over the well-connected, xenial over xenophobia, yes we can over you can't do it, and zealous representation over zero-sum confrontation. So there he's getting booed. Do the right thing by the American people. So let us. All right, yeah. So and then he. Well, here. I'll just not grow it. weary. He's gonna of hand doing it off. Good, for the American people will reap the benefit of the harvest if we do not give up. God bless you. God bless the house, and God bless the United States of America. That's it. And then and then McCarthy gets up there, and he gets sworn in, and then he does his speech. And I've got some parts now. I did edit some of this down. I edited some of this, well, just the applause. I chopped out, and you'll hear it. I made it so it's quite obvious that I shortened the applause. Because, look, I came up with the idea last week of a congressional clap clock so they would not be able to clap longer than, like, five seconds, two seconds, whatever. They did not implement the clap clock, and so I'm cutting their applause short. You know, my father always told me, it's not how you start. It's how you finish. And now we need to finish strong for the American people. You know, if a son of a fireman 
and a grandchild of immigrants can rise to the highest position in the most important legislative body in our country. And if my colleague, Hakeem Jeffries, with his life story, can rise to lead his party, then opportunity and democracy still thrive in America. To Leader Jeffries, there will be times we agree, and many times we will differ. I promise our debates will be passionate, but they will never be personal. That's my commitment to you. By the way, that will be, uh, that will be unreciprocated. And now, the hard work begins. What we do here today, next week, next month, next year, will set the tone for everything that follows. Tonight, I want to talk directly to the American people. Okay. As Speaker of the House, my ultimate responsibility is not to my party, my conference, or even our Congress. My responsibility, our responsibility, is to our country. Two months ago, you voted for a new direction for our country. You embraced our commitment to America. And now we're going to keep our commitment to you. It's a commitment for an economy that's strong, where you could fill up your tank of gas and feed your family, where paychecks grow and not shrink. It's a commitment for a nation that's safe, where communities are protected, law enforcement is respected, and criminals are prosecuted. A commitment for the future that's built on freedom, where children come first and are taught to dream big. Because in America, dreams can still come true. A commitment for a government that is held accountable, where Americans get the answers they want, need, and deserve. Our system is built on checks and balances. It's time for us to be a check and provide some balance to the President's policies. There is nothing more important than making it possible for American families to live and enjoy the lives they deserve. That is why we commit to stop wasteful Washington spending, to lower the price of groceries, gas, cars, housing, and stop the rising national debt. We pledge to cut the regulatory burden, lower energy costs for families, and create good-paying jobs for workers by unleashing reliable, abundant, American-made energy. I mean, I don't know how they're going to get it done with Biden and the Democrats. I know Senate, the night but... is late, but when we come back, our very first bill will repeal the funding for 87,000 new Biggest applause line of the speech right there. You see, we believe government should be to help you, not go after you. We're going to pass bills to fix the nation's errant challenges, from wide open southern borders to American last energy policies to woke indoctrination in our schools. 
will also address America's long-term challenges, the debt and the rise of the Chinese Communist Party. Congress must speak with one voice on both of these issues. This is why we will end wasteful Washington spending from now on. If a federal bureaucrat wants to spend it, they will come before us to defend it. I think he needs to work on his delivery As a for the Chinese Communist Party. Yes, yeah, for them. We will create a bipartisan select committee on China to investigate how to bring back the hundreds of thousands of jobs that went to China, and then we will win this economic competition. Now, speaking of committees, we will hold the swamp accountable. From the withdrawal of Afghanistan, to the origins of COVID, and to the weaponization of the FBI. Let me be very clear. We will use the power of the purse and the power of the subpoena to get the job done. This is something we should all agree upon. We will stand up and speak out for the backbone of our economy, the hard-working taxpayer. It's nighttime here in Washington, but in some ways, it's also like a new beginning, yeah. a fresh start. Yeah. My friends, uh -huh. this chamber is now fully open for all Americans to visit. All right. That, that's also one of the biggest applause lines. I like want to give all Americans a personal invitation. You are welcome to see this body at work. No longer will the doors be closed, but the debates will be open for you to witness what happens in the people's house. All righty. Right. So... There is a, I mean, first, uh, and they went, he talked about the George Washington crossing the Delaware picture and the painting and what it meant to him and whatever. So I, I shouldn't dismiss it. I just, he's not a very, <laughs> for, for the speaker of the house. <laughs> uh, anyway, it's, uh, he did fine. He did fine. I just, anyway, if he's all about opening up the, uh, the house and letting us see how it, to see them keep all the cameras in there that they've had over the, the last couple of days. Have you heard this story? The reason why we got to see all of the angles and all of the side conversations was because of the fact that it was a, a vote for the speaker. There are only certain number of uh, events that occur, like the State of the Union, where C-SPAN is allowed to use their own cameras and they have control over them. I'll explain in a minute. News Talk 1110-993, WBT, a couple of emails. Joseph says, Hakeem Jeffries' childish speech shows how little respect they have for the institutions they are sent to serve in, and we are likely less than a decade away from members throwing chairs at each other on the House floor like we see in various third world countries. Third world? Okay. I don't know. The, the famous one is in Taiwan. I don't know if that's the right. The Taiwanese parliament, isn't that the one that 
was in the news like seemed like every week like 20 years ago or something they were just all the time like these massive brawls i thought that was taiwan maybe not um stan says pete whenever i hear that term common sense legislation coming from a leader a leading member of the party that can't even define the word woman i just want to laugh i think that's their way of saying their opinions are the only common sense and everyone else's aren't worth hearing or considering uh well that's yeah i think that's fair but nancy mace who made that comment she's a republican i mean she's a moderate but she's the republican from uh the low country south carolina And she said she's concerned that uh, all of these, quote, concessions that were agreed to by McCarthy, uh, she's concerned that common sense legislation will not get through to get a vote on the floor. Which would, I mean, the irony there is that the concessions actually free up the process. It, it, It breaks it out of this box that is controlled by the leadership through the rules committee. Right, so common sense legislation, if it was not uh, preferred by the rules committee folks, it would not make it to the floor vote either. So it just it seems like she's trying to find a reason to be upset at what was done. You know, she didn't like the fact that she got on board and maybe she didn't get anything done. I don't know. Um, but we'll see. You know, um, in the coming months, Congress is going to have to work to raise the debt limit before it. Uh, reaches the borrowing cap, and so then we're going to be treated to all of the, uh, you know, governing by crisis hysteria. We got to do this. We got to do this, or you know, no one's going to get social security, and the troops won't be paid, and uh, uh, food assistance, the food stamps won't won't be distributed. Right? Uh, what else here? According to the AP, White House Press Secretary Karine Jean Pierre went so far on Sunday as to call House Republicans uh, likely demands quote hostage taking. That would risk default, an event that could trigger an economic crisis. She said, Congress is going to need to raise the debt limit without, without conditions. And it's just that simple. Attempts to exploit the debt ceiling as leverage will not work. There will be no hostage taking. By the way, you know what the deficit is now? You know what we're looking at for the upcoming budget cycle? A trillion dollars. One trillion dollar deficit that is income versus expenses we are spending a trillion more than we have each year and the debt just keeps growing so one of the reasons why we got to see what was happening on the floor uh during all of this was because of a deal that or it, it goes into the, the way C-SPAN operates, right? Um, Joe Lancaster at Reason.com had a big write-up about this. Um, in two separate videos, right, we saw Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, AOC, right? She's speaking privately with Paul Gosar and Matt Gates, which is kind of weird because, like, Paul Gosar was the one that shared that, that cartoon, that anime cartoon of him murdering AOC, And there's some video of them sitting next to each other, collegially discussing something. The video of Gates and AOC prompted speculation as to what the two were discussing. The Intercept's Ryan Grimm asked her, and Ocasio-Cortez said that the two were discussing a side deal that McCarthy allegedly tried to strike with some Democrats. 
If this week feels unusually exciting for the typically staid C-SPAN, there's a reason for that. Ben O'Connell, C-SPAN's director of editorial operations, told Vice News that private video cameras are usually not allowed in the U.S. House. The House Recording Studio, a government entity, controls all cameras in the chamber, and it allows C-SPAN and others to broadcast the footage it captures. Many times over four decades, C-SPAN has asked for permission to add its own cameras to the chamber, and each time, the House denied the request. But C-SPAN is allowed to bring in its own cameras during certain high-profile events, like swearing-in ceremonies or the State of the Union. Since the House Speaker vote is one of those events... And it stretched on for several days. The cameras have been able to stay and capture candid moments between members that would otherwise not be seen by anybody, not physically present. In practice, there are strict rules on what the House's own cameras may cover, only showing the member speaking or a wide shot of the dais. Did you know that? You're allowed to, you can put the camera on me while I'm making my speech to the empty chambers or... You go cut away and show me the big wide shot that's usually in the background when they show you the vote totals, right? They put that little transparent overlay so you can see the people milling around and stuff behind that. And sometimes the, like, there are moments where people get caught in that wide shot during a vote. They'll walk down and they'll be mingling and talking and whatever. And so sometimes they'll get caught down there on camera. But that's it. Those are the two shots. In the past... Any deviations from this format proved controversial. At the time, Representative Newt Gingrich, when he joined Congress the same year C-SPAN debuted, he would give speeches uh, after the House business had concluded, and he would do it for the benefit of the viewing audience at home. In 1984, then-Speaker Tip O'Neill from Taxachusetts ordered the cameras to cut away and show that Gingrich was addressing an empty chamber. The incident later led to a contentious debate on the House floor, and it helped propel Newt Gingrich into the public eye. We only know about these side discussions that occurred this week because it took place while C-SPAN was allowed in. That few seconds on air led to widespread speculation between Gates and AOC, and that prompted journalists to look into it and learn more information about McCarthy's wheeling and dealing behind closed doors. Right, this this idea that he was trying to get some Democrats on board, that's what they were discussing, and reporters went and tracked it down because we saw it. Special permission granted for this event, the American public would not have known about any of this. Also, we would not have seen the hook. Richard the Hook Hudson, congressman, 9th District, North Carolina. That's what I'm calling him now. He comes up behind Mike Rogers, puts his arm, hooks his arm around his his face <laughs> in order to pull him away from Matt Gates. Hudson was on this morning with uh, Bo Thompson and uh, uh, Beth Troutman on Good Morning BT. We'll take a listen to some of the highlights of his comments there in a moment. <laughs> Eleven ten ninety nine three 1-800-WBT-1110. 704-570-1110, 1-800-WBT-1110. The email is pete at com, And you can also hit me up on the Twitter machine. That's where I do the wet work. Um, at Pete Callender. That's Callender with a K. 
yes, uh, thank you for the tweet. It's a Pete tweet. This one comes from MAGA, American Pitbull. Pete, that McCarthy speech was uh, hardly a morning in America speech. Yeah. Now, now, I mean, it was fine for what it was. It just, it wasn't, he's just, he's not a very dynamic McCarthy. He's not a very dynamic speaker, you know? Um, but it was appropriate for the venue. But yeah, not, I did feel like I was ready. I mean, at some point, I was ready for him to say, please clap, you know? Anyway, um, so today I think is the first test. He's got to get the rules uh, package passed through, right? Will the concessions matter? Although now I'm seeing also that there's a, Another tweet. Yeah, this is from Tony Gonzalez, not the, not the football player. Or is he still alive? Tony Gonzalez. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. Okay. But he's retired. But anyway. So uh, no, this is a this is a uh, congressman. Where is that? Uh, hang on a second. I've got it here. Here he is, Tony Gonzalez, from Texas, Republican. Um, he says to to he's an outright no on the rules package. And he calls the holdouts, the 20 members, he calls them an insurgency caucus. That's what he called them. And apparently now he has, when is this? This is today. So this is two and a half hours ago. He sent out a tweet of him with his comrades in arms uh, when he was uh, over at Kandahar International Airport. He served, he's a veteran, and so he is over in Afghanistan and... He says, I have, and he puts the picture out there and says, I have fought insurgents my entire adult life. So this is the kind of rhetoric that the, quote, moderates are engaging in. See, this is the thing that, that always kills me about these, these intra-party squabbles, that the, they, they engage with each other, these, these camps engage with each other in identical fashion and then complain about the way that they're being attacked, you know? And say, by the way, the same thing with Donald Trump as well. Everybody was so mad. Oh, Donald Trump's, you know, mean tweets and all of this. And then they, you read their feeds and they're like terribly nasty towards like Republicans in general and conservatives and and Donald Trump as well. They're like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe Trump said this thing. Really? Have you seen like what you said? So many people are like exactly like Donald Trump while complaining about how Donald Trump behaves. Right? <laughs> it's one of these. It's like this. This iron law of projection. Anyway, so during this, um, the the uh, the 14th, yeah, the 14th ballot, McCarthy ended up winning on the 15th. But on the 14th ballot, apparently what was going on was that there was, uh, people thought there was an understanding that they, are, uh, that they were going to uh, flip the votes. Matt Gates, Lauren Boebert, they were going to flip their votes and they were going to vote for McCarthy and that would be the end of it on the 14th ballot. And when they voted present, it angered the members of the, you know, the pro McCarthy uh, whip group. Richard Hudson, Congressman from North Carolina's ninth district, the fighting ninth. He um, is the chairman of the national Republican congressional committee, the NRCC, you know, trying to get funds for congressional candidates, recruit candidates, help them with their campaigns, right? That's the, that's the role that he's playing now. So he was part of the McCarthy camp, and he's trying to, you know, help people come to the yes position. He joined Good Morning BT today with Bo and Beth, and he said at one point, you're going to hear, he says uh, that this was sort of the, the, 
the saddest moments, one of the saddest moments in his life, that he restrained Mike Rogers, his colleague that he likes, he's friends with, and he restrained him because he was going after Matt Gates. And so this was from this morning's program. Well, that's interesting. Why is it not playing through the... Uh, why is it not playing through the... Oh, hang on a second. Hang on a second. It's not going to... I'm going to have to save that as a separate file. All right. So it's not playing through my laptop because it's, it's got a different setting. I'll go over here. I'll, 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 I'll fix it. I'll come back to it. Mark, welcome to the program. Hi, Pete. Thank hey. you for taking my call. I'm going to get to the point here. Uh, I enjoyed the first hour in, uh, about Hakeem uh, Jeff, Jeffers. Is it? Jeffries. Um, Jeffrey, okay. Yeah, Hakeem Jeffries. Uh, with his uh, oratory. And then I want to make a court, and you made the association that it was similar to Barack Obama's. Mm-hmm. I listened to his um, keynote at the uh, 2004 Democrats convention, mm-hmm. and I was um, struck by it, how familiar it was to uh, a conversational technique by Walter Erickson, that's uh, Eric with a K-S-E-N, Writings on Neuro-Linguistic Programming, popularized mm-hmm. and dumbed down and turned into separate intellectual property by... Um, upscale uh, life coach, uh, self, um, self-made, uh, Tony Robbins, hmm. back in the late, late 80s, at the, at the end of the decade. Yeah, banana hands. I listened, I listened to Barack Obama then, and I said, i got to watch this guy, because this guy could be president. And lo and behold, four years later, he was. And so what, you think the same thing of Hakeem Jeffries? Imitation is the sincerest form of flattery. <laughs> yeah, that's all really that there is. I, I found his I found his delivery pedantic. So I heard this morning, uh, also on the morning show, Mick Mulvaney, the former chief of staff for Donald Trump, he was talking with Bo and Beth as he does on Mondays at nine o'clock, and he was talking about this very topic. Of, like, is Jeffries does he have his eye on a presidential run or something? And um, and what um, what Mulvaney said was that ne- probably not at this point, maybe some point in the future. You never say never, but right now, like this is like this is top of the game, right? You're you're the minority leader, and if Democrats flip control, now you're Speaker of the House, and that's sort of the like that's a very very powerful position versus run throwing that all the way and then going to run for president. You know? Yeah. So maybe, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, uh, the guy, but his, yeah, his cadence was very similar, in my view, very similar to Obama's cadence and the way he, the way he hammered away at the points through applause lines rather than letting the applause, uh, the applause just, just erupt and then die off and then resume, which is what McCarthy was doing, and it, it just, it's a different tone of the speech, right? It just creates a different pace for the speech and. Uh, it's it's not as sort of passionate and and fiery. Yeah, that's right. That's what he was missing. That's it from difference between uh, former President Obama. Right. Respectfully. Yeah. No, I I, I agree. Mark, I appreciate the call. You know, I called uh, Tony Robbins banana hands because that's what Jack Black called him. 
in the uh, documentary filmed in Charlotte, Shallow How. Remember? That's what they... Well, because apparently Tony Robbins has very big hands. That's what I've heard. I mean, according to Jack Black in the movie. All right. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. So among the deals that are known as part of the, quote, concessions, one measure weakens the Speaker of the House's power by allowing any one member to force a vote on vacating the chair. We've talked about that. There's a reinstatement of the ability for lawmakers to offer amendments on appropriations bills. <gasps> no. And a mandated 72-hour window to review legislation before a vote. Heaven forfend that we read the bill before we pass the bill, right? Also, a promise to vote on a bill to invoke term limits on members of Congress. Not that they would promise to vote for it, just that they promise to hold a vote on it. McCarthy also agreed to cap spending at 2022 levels for fiscal year 2024 to create a subcommittee to investigate the Justice Department and to put more Freedom Caucus representatives on certain committees. Took 15 ballots over five days. The Speaker election was among the most contentious in the post-Civil War era, says the Washington Times. A brawl nearly erupted. I don't think a brawl nearly erupted, but that's how they're saying it. A brawl, a brawl nearly erupted on the House floor when Representative Mike Rogers of Alabama, a McCarthy ally, was physically pulled away by a colleague after confronting Matt Gates of Florida, a McCarthy opponent. So here was Congressman Richard Hudson, who restrained Rogers on the floor of the House in the video and the, the images that went viral. He appeared this morning exclusively with Good Morning BT's Bo uh, Thompson and Beth Troutman. Well, it, you know, it was a really tense moment. Um, it was, you know, all the, all the hours I've spent on the floor of the House of Representatives, I can't remember stranger time than you know um we all week had had a very tense week we'd worked through many conversations um and felt like we'd finally reached the finish line and and then um you know we were expecting matt gates and lauren bobert to vote for kevin mccarthy and they both voted president which left us a vote short and so at that moment i think there was just a lot of emotion a lot of, uh, you know, like I say, it was a very tense time. And, you know, the role I tried to play all week was to reduce tension, uh, try to be a peacemaker, try to be uh, someone who was a listener. And so at that moment, I realized what we needed was to make sure that we kept people calm and that we kept talking. And uh, and so when, when I saw Representative Rogers, I could tell by his body language that uh, that he was upset. And, uh, and so I just... You know, did did what I did what I could do to to try to keep that that from escalating into something else. I, the real shame of it is, you know, I I sort of reached and grabbed him by the shoulders, and as I was pulling him back, he was kind of fighting against me, and my hand slipped, and it, it went up to his face. So it looks like I was trying to muzzle him, so it looks a lot more dramatic than it really was. You know, I just kind of pulled him back and and kind of got him out of that situation. But uh, uh, anyway, uh, you know, of all my goals in life, I've never had a goal of trending, but but apparently that's happened. There you go. That's <laughs> now you have. Yeah, it, it looked it looked awkward. Um, you could tell that as he went to you know like to give him the hook. You know, like when hey exit stage left, they 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 bring the hook out, right? That's that's why Richard the Hook Hudson. That's what I'm calling him now. I mean, maybe not to his face, but like that's like he went and tried to hook him, and then yeah, he, the left hand kind of got up onto his face, and it, yeah, it was not it wasn't a great look. Well, 
you know, I'm not, I'm not happy about it. I'm, you know, it, it was one of the saddest moments of my life, really, just the, the, the to see the breakdown on the on the house floor, to, to see tensions like that. I, it, to me, I was sad about it, and you know, I certainly didn't want people looking at me. I, you know, I'm not the kind of person that's out there saying, "Look at me, look at me." I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a servant of the people and and try to get things done. And you know, most of the work I do in Congress is behind the scenes, uh, just delivering results for my. You know, the folks I represent. So it's, uh, you know, I really wasn't comfortable. You know, I've gotten so many messages, hundreds and hundreds of text messages from uh, all over the world, frankly. And and it just, I don't feel comfortable being called a hero or being, you know, thanked for what I did because I, you know, it was, it was, it was a sad time. And, and I'm, I'm just glad we got through it. All right. And then the last uh, clip here, um, he gives sort of the background as to how we got up to the most contentious point. Well, it, it's sort of emblematic of, of the whole week. I mean, if you'd allow me just sort of back up a little bit, you know, the, the American people are frustrated with the direction of the country. You know, we all know Washington's broken. I believe that's why Republicans were, were put in control in the, in the Congress in the first place. You know, we promised that we'd do things differently, and the voters gave us a, a very slim majority. And all Republicans agree that, that we need to do things differently than they've been done before. You know, some Republicans believe that we needed certain assurances, we needed rules changes, we need structural um, uh, we need a structure in place to guarantee that Speaker McCarthy would operate differently than a Speaker Pelosi or even former Republican speakers. You know, under Speaker Pelosi, the House was a dictatorship. Uh, most bills were written in her office. Uh, we were given an up or down vote, but we really didn't have a voice. We really weren't allowed to offer amendments and have real debate. And so um, th- there, was, there was a number of Republicans who just didn't trust Speaker McCarthy to, to be different, even though he promised he would. And so we started this week in a real bad place. There was a lot of distrust, uh, a lot of people assigning different uh, motivations to, to members. But over the course of the week, we had hundreds of discussions. We had uh, different small groups. We've had one-on-one discussions. And what happened, the result was we built a lot of trust. And I think by hashing out some of the tough things we got to deal with this year, like the debt ceiling, by hashing those things out in advance about how we'll deal with them, I think we're in a really good place. Um, but, but again, I think because everyone thought we were done, and then uh, some people felt like uh, uh, Matt Gates, in particular, didn't do what they thought he was going to do, I think that was just a moment where those tensions built up all week, kind of bubbled up and um, you know, but but I think in retrospect now I've saw interviews that Mike Rogers and Matt Gates both gave uh, this weekend where they both said, "Look, I respect the other person. Um, you know, uh, apology was was made and apology was accepted. Uh, I I think we're moving forward uh, much stronger. And uh, you know, so uh, as bad as things were, I, I think we've gotten to the other side, and and I think the country will benefit from it. And and, and to follow up there, did you and Mike Rogers have any sort of conversation after the moment? Um, we've talked since then, uh, and I, you know, I feel bad about the whole situation. You know, Mike Rogers is a good man. He's a friend of mine. Uh, he's a gentleman. Uh, he's he's a strong leader on particularly on national defense. And as the uh, congressman who represents Fort Bragg, that's really important to me. And you know, we've worked real well together, and we'll continue to work well together. Um, you know, it's it's something that, that we put past us. All right. So I don't think that, uh, I don't believe that Mike Rogers was going to attack Matt Gates. There was a brawl that was going to erupt. I don't believe that to be the case. I think Mike Rogers was get was going to get up in the face of Matt Gates. I think he was going to go yell at him. Absolutely, because he did, basically. But this idea that he lunged at Gates, like, that's not... 
I'm I'm no. I'm not buying that. I'm just I'm not buying it. I did it didn't seem like it was that bad. Now, you know, the other part of it is like we got to see this stuff because the cameras, as I went over earlier, the cameras were uh there in the in the chamber. We don't normally get to see that stuff, but kind of deep down, do you think that a lot of them were kind of like, yeah, this is what it's about? Like, ooh, it's exciting. Right? But that is like Earlier in the show, we talked with Mark Pellin, and this is, and I've made this point before, this is what democracy looks like, right? To answer the question from the Occupy Wall Street crowd, this is what democracy looks like. 